0: Phanasis will take the first three, it is up, it is no good, so Darius Garland can end it right here, three-pointer, there it is, and the Cavs will advance to the final round of the Taco Bell Skills Challenge against the Rooks. It is all about in the crowd, here comes Obi Toppin from the left, switches to the right, dunks it home, Obi Toppin is going to be the AT&T Slam Dunk Champion. Born to be a dunker. His father, Dunker's delight, missed out a chance last year, finishing runner-up, and OB topping of the Knicks when the scores are revealed will be the slam dunk champ of 2022. Welcome back to the Sirius XM NBA
1: Radio Post Game Show. What's up and welcome in to the NBA Radio Post Game Show right here on Sirius xm 86 in the SXM app. So glad you're with us. Along with Mitch Lawrence, I'm Jonathan Hood, Phone lines open for you at 855-NBA-JUMP, eight five five six two two five eight six seven is our phone number. As Mitch and I talk to you about what happened last night at the All-Star Saturday at the Rocket Mortgage. Fieldhouse, you heard from Mark Kessenshire there talking about the AT&T Slam Dunk event, the Mountain Dew Three Point Contest, as well as the Taco Bell Skills Challenge. But the number one trend last night, Mitch Lawrence, was the word "trash," and they were talking about yeah. the three, the, the whole Slam Dunk competition yeah. that was bowling shoe ugly last night. But we did get a winner in Obi
0: Toppin for the Knicks. Probably the next highlight of the season. That's what's probably gonna be because they're not going anywhere this year. So congratulations, Toby Toppin. But boy, that was a wow, trash is about how you sum it up. I mean, the dunk contest has been going on since nineteen eighty-four, and there've been some great ones. And there've been some ones involving the likes of Michael Jordan and Dominique Wilkins and Kobe Bryant and Vince Carter. And recently guys like Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon put on a show. This was the worst show you could put on. It's got to be one of the five worst dunk competitions. It's just not. It's the fact that you had a lot of young players who aren't household names. You didn't have any big stars, Jonathan. And they couldn't make shots. They couldn't make dunks to the point. It got to the point where on TV, on TNT's telecast. Reggie Miller is telling Kenny Smith, who you know won the dunk contest back in the day, hey, you can go out there and win. And, and Kenny Smith's like, like now? And he goes, yeah, like now, even with your bad <laughs> knees. That's the trash we're talking about. So it was a rough, rough night for the league when it came to the dunk contest. Uh, I mean, just what can you say? It was just pathetic in some points. And no buzz in the arena through the TV. The ratings, I can't believe, are going to be any good. This was just a really, oh, job, man, for the league. Not a good night in Cleveland when it came to the dunk contest
1: It just wasn't And I've been saying on NBA Radio for the last five years That's been out of order I really believe the main event is a three-point competition Look, this is where we are in 2022 And when I was growing up in the 80s and the 90s Watching basketball Everybody at my school Everybody at the gym wanted to dunk the basketball Like Jordan, like Dominique Like some of the all-time greats But here we are, Mitch, with 2022 And everyone wants to shoot it from the moon What's happening and what's in vogue now is a three-point competition That should be last. Skills competition first, slam dunk second, and then the three-point competition should be last because people will be happy to see the ball go up in the air. The air comes out of every arena that the slam dunk competition is in because we see the second, third, fourth opportunities for a Toppin or Jalen Green. As a matter of fact, the first round, 7 for 25 from for a dunk attempt. 7 for 25 wow. is 28%. I mean, and poor Jalen Green from Houston one for 9 on his first dunk attempt. So, that, I mean, that's not entertaining. You, He wow. starts at a high with the, uh, the skills competition, the three-point contest, and it just falls off the table with the slam dunk event. Again, uh, shout out to Anthony and Toscano-Anderson
0: and Toppin and Green for trying, but it's just not entertaining enough at the end. No, it seems like they need to practice more. They need to come in with some surefire dunks that's going to get the crowd into it right away, and then they can branch out to two uh, more difficult things. It's just, after you see miss after miss, it's it's like, oh, why am I watching this? It's painful to watch. And so, yeah, I, and, and, you know, once again, the dunk contest, it's either talked about as Boy, it's trash is the word you used, or it's back. And next year in Salt Lake City, hey, maybe it'll be different. Maybe these guys will come in, whoever they are, and they'll give you some some dunk moments to remember. But right now we're in a situation like, oh, my gosh, it's broke. It needs to be fixing. What's wrong with the dunk? Which is the last thing the league needs on All-Star Weekend. It was just uh, just a, just a bad combination of everything. And culminating for the league in Chicago And you know, in Cleveland And this is the worst thing This is a huge anniversary All-star weekend for the league Number 75, you'd think Everything would be top-rate in terms of the entertainment with people getting banged for their buck. On the 75th anniversary in Cleveland, it was anything but that. With Mitch Lawrence, Jonathan Hood with you here on our
1: NBA Radio Post Game Shows. We talk about All-Star Saturday last night in Cleveland. We will go now to Obi Toppin. He was the uh, slam-dunk champion as he wins. He talked to ESPN Radio after the event. And Roz Golden, what are
0: you, standing by with the AT&T Slam Dunk champ, Obi Toppin. Yep.
2: Obi, congratulations. Now, I guess two times the charm. How did it help you having that experience before in the dunk contest today? Man, I just knew I had to, I had to come out here and get my revenge, uh i feel like i should have got the other one but that's in the past we got we came here uh this year and got this dough so what's the hardest part first of all of coming up with these dunks and then executing them oh uh, i ain't gonna say it's really hard like dunking is dunking like I, I just started my, my my senior year of high school dunking but we just go out here have fun just just create things that that like i try to create things that never been done before and that i showed so just can't come out here have fun and put on the show what does it mean to you right now to be part of the legends who have won the dunk contest in NBA history? Man, it's, it's been a lot of legends who, who won the dunk contest, but <laughs> thank you. Tiffany Haddish is here. He ready. I was cheering for you, rooting for you. I'm proud of you. I almost went up and like did a prayer over you, but you had it, though. You had it. And I'm proud of you, bruh. I can't wait to see more of you in the future. That's Tiffany Haddish right here now. You were saying about these being part of the le- legends of one. Yes, yeah. yeah. yeah like a lot of legends have won won the slam dunk contest, so for me to hold this hold this dearly is like it, it's a blessing. So.
3: And you did it for the New York Knicks, okay? New York, York we here. York.
2: Congratulations. I appreciate you. Thank you. Uh the All Star
1: Weekend brings out all the stars, including Tiffany Haddish. Well, at least Obi had one fan. That was Tiffany
0: Haddish. Yeah. When he said, you know. He said, he, he, he told um, Roz, he said, you know, I want to create things that have never been seen before. That shouldn't be the game plan. The game plan should be, you know what? I can go out there and do some dunks that have been seen, but I'm going to put my little, you know, I'll put my little spin on it. But basically, don't try to create things where it's like a, where you're missing time after time after time. That doesn't help it. That doesn't help the situation at all. We, so, we heard I mean, from a you know, we, just,
1: heard, we heard we from a caller earlier, and again, we're watching on television just like you were, or uh, listening to it on NBA radio. You know, Mitch, I did not see like a Kemba Walker or a Julius Randall or Mitchell Robinson. Again, there's a lot of uh, yeah. I, I, I didn't see you know. Listen, there's a lot of players and a lot of celebrities there. I just didn't see any Knicks around. Uh, topping? Did you? Did I miss no, that?
0: No, I didn't see him either. I saw former Nick. I saw Carmelo Anthony. I think it was Carmelo Anthony sitting yeah. in the court side, bundled up. But, nope, I didn't see any current Nick out there to support him. So, man, that's, that was rough. But, hey, he's the third Nick to ever win it. Nate Robinson, who once missed a bunch of dunks in one of his wins, he won a title And Kenny Skywalker. But, you know what, uh, when people look back on this Saturday night, they're not going to be thinking about, boy, that was a great performance by Obi Toppin because – Juan Toscano Anderson, who he beat in the finals, he could hardly make a dunk himself. These guys had scores in the 30s from the judges. I mean, I'm sitting there watching, and the judges, you know, the best thing about this, you know, the judges are, okay, Isaiah Thomas, who wasn't known for dunking, but Clyde Drexler and Dominique Wilkins and Dr. J and David Robinson. I mean, they're always the star you know, when when these things go bad, those guys are the stars of the show. The problem is they can't dunk anymore. Back in the day they put on a great show and they were the biggest some of the biggest names in the sport. We don't get that anymore in the dunk contest, do we?
1: No, we just don't. And, and I just think that it's just not something that frontline stars want to do anymore. They, they'd rather be in the star-studded three-point competition, which we saw last night. Here are names that we know. We know C.J. McCollum from his days with Portland, now with the Pelicans. We know Trey Young right with the Atlanta. We see Zach Levine with Chicago. We see Desmond Bain, who's part of a very young and exciting team with Memphis. Carl uh, Anthony Towns, the winner. V- Fred Van Vliet, right. Kennard, uh, so you have names that you know, but Carl Anthony Towns, even though this was the middle of the three events, it was the most positive event that I yeah. saw, Mitch, because here's Carl Anthony Towns with a resurgent Minnesota Timberwolves team. This team has been a moribund franchise for a while, and you see them now. This, town, this Towns and, the, and this Timberwolves team, they're turning things around. It's a team that very well could make the playoffs. It's just good to see Carl Anthony Towns smiling, the first center to ever win the three-point competition.
0: And he had the longest odds. He was like 14-1. to 1. And he went there basically telling people, I'm going to win this thing. And I love, you know, when he shoots, he's not a jump shooter. He's just basically throwing the ball up. I mean, he's got a good form and everything. But you know what? You just saw his form, the way he used his legs on everything. And he ended up setting a record for points. That was held previously held by Devin Booker. He outscored him 29 when Devin Booker had 28 and for Carl Anthony Towns who's been through a lot with COVID with his family he the league waived their no ju- no jewelry policy he was able to wear um, a necklace of a piece of jewelry that is, was from his mother as a remembrance for her so it was a great night for him one other note Zach Levine was trying to be the first player Jonathan to win both the dunk contest and the three-point shooting, and it turns out he had the low score of anybody with only a 14. But congratulations to Carl Anthony Towns, who is putting together a pretty nice season out in Minnesota. Like you said, they've had been more with one playoff uh, series in their history since the days of Kevin Garnett. That was with Tom Thibodeau, and now Carl Anthony Towns has this to give him a little momentum going into the second half. Good job by him. Yeah, great story for Carl Anthony Towns, everything he's gone through personally with his mom
1: passing away with COVID, just all the drama that he's dealt with. And, of course, a lot of losing with the Timberwolves, but there was a smile on his face as he got a chance to talk afterwards as he wins a three-point competition in Cleveland.
2: I should have had the... All right, Carl Carl, you told me you're so mad. What are you mad about? I'm mad. No, I should have had 30. I tricked two last two shots. I should have had 30. I got the finals record. I'm happy, but definitely should have 31, 32. I told everyone in there, all the contestants, I said, I know for me to win, I got to get 30 against this kind of field, so... I, I thought I needed 30. I, I'm glad I, I squeaked by with 29. 29 is not bad. And how about representing for the big men out here? Hey. hey, you also want a skills championship yeah. too. So what does that mean for you as a big man? I said earlier walking in, I, I knew skills challenge. I, 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 they all doubted me. I remember Ricky Rubio. Shout out Ricky Rubio. I remember him laughing at me, and, I, and he was like, you, "Why are you gonna go there? You gonna embarrass yourself?" I said, "Come on, bro. I know I'm gonna win. Now let me show you." Went out here, went out there, and won it same thing happened when i said i was in the three-point contest everyone thought it was jokes it was funny it was a laugh i said I, i've always said i think i'm the one of the best shooting big mans of all time i should be able to go out here and beat anybody and uh like i said earlier i think the only way i was gonna lose is someone outshoots shoots me i wasn't gonna beat myself and get a low score I love the conviction of this, and right now you're an all-star, you're a three-point shooting yeah. contest winner. Your team is in playoff position right now. Do you feel right now you're more yourself, more back in that rhythm? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's, I think it's, you know, it's a good time to be a Timberwolves fan. All the fans that stood by us all those years and through all that uh, adversity and everything, you know, I think that this season has given them a. a rejuvenation of life and i think for the right reasons too this team is easy to love Uh, just great guys great talent great chemistry everything's good and for your last question too i won the skills challenge i won the three-point contest i sure as sure as anything ain't winning the slam dunk contest so this is it this is my my saturday night i'm done i'm good Uh, i enjoyed this i had a great time Uh, i'm retiring on top i'm out congratulations (laughs) appreciate you you.
0: (laughs) He's done, Mitch. He's done with the All-Star Saturday night. Yep, yep. And you got to think that, you know what, the T-Wolves right now, they're in seventh place in the West. They're three games behind Denver in the loss column with 28 losses. They've got 23 games to play. It would be a great, great accomplishment for Carl Anthony Towns here. It's nice to win these All-Star Saturday night things here, but what really Timberwolves fans want is – Can they make the playoffs without even being a playing team going from basically being a lottery team, How about just finishing in the top six? It's not impossible. Let's see how they do in these last 23 games. But, hey, hats off to Carl Anthony Towns because he had a sensational night.
1: You're so right about Minnesota, the issues that they've had. But, you know, you see Carl Anthony Towns, who's been a standard, has been there for a long time. But Anthony Edwards, boy, not only a solid player but a good quote. I mean, a really you know, know, a bright personality in the league. He's a little off the wall, but you like it, though, because it's just different, right? I mean, he's in Minnesota, and he's helping this team along with Russell. D'Angelo Russell could play for any good team, but I think he's also been able to help this Tim Wolves team as well. So just I think for Towns, it's just good to have something positive in his life right now. And yes. obviously the individual achievement in Cleveland's great, but also a good team. A team that could very well make the
0: playoffs this year. Hey, this is a team that's three games over five hundred. Let's see what they do from here down the stretch. Wouldn't it wouldn't be a great story if they rolled into the playoffs made a little noise in the playoffs. That would really convince people that these guys aren't just about personal statistics. They can win as a threesome. Let's see what they do.
1: It is easy to find your hometown announcers for your NBA or NHL team on the SXM app. Just search for your team and tap the favorite star in the upper right-hand corner and then just tap the favorites button at the bottom anytime that you open up the app. Coming up next Mitch and I will talk about the other event that took place, the skills competition. Boy, this was all over the place but the Cavs came out on top. We'll talk about the threesome from the Cavs winning as we continue on with our NBA Radio Post Game Show with Mitch Lawrence, Jonathan Hood with you. You're listening to NBA Radio on Sirius XM 86 and the SXM app. Welcome back to the Sirius XM NBA Radio Postgame Show. So the we'll hear from the commissioner of the NBA, Adam Silver, and uh, we will also uh, get uh, more of conversation regarding what has happened at All-Star Saturday in Cleveland with Mitch Lawrence, Jonathan Hood with you here on NBA Radio. Uh, speaking of All-Star Saturday, we had the skills competition. Mitch, this is all over the place. This is a lot. It was entertaining, but it's different. Team Andacumpo, you had the team rookies, and you had the team Cavs. Uh, and it was different than years past with this uh, new format for the skills
0: competition. Huh? Right, because in the past it's been about the individual, but now they joined teams, and you had all kinds of different, you know, facets of, you know, the shooting and the dribbling and you know, obstacle course, whatever. To me, it was just too involved, too long as an entree to getting to the second event. I wish it would just be more con- concentrated on the shooting of the basketball, whether it's horse game or whatever. It's something that the league, you know, should work out. But I think it's really good that Cleveland had its moment on All Star Saturday with their team and with Evan Mobley basically hitting a half court shot. To win the thing. He was shooting great all night. That's a skill you really want to see out of Evan Mobley, who has been a delight to watch as a rookie and helping that team get to be where they are, where it looks like they could finish in the top four in the East. Evan Mobley, Darius Garland, as well as
1: Jared Allen. Team Cavs were the winners in the Taco Bell Skills Challenge. They met the press after the event. Questions? Marla our
2: Akron
3: Beacon Journal. Yeah, Evan, just First, I want to ask you about the shooting part. I don't think you, I think you hit your first five, but were you just feeling it tonight, or what? Did you?
2: Uh, yeah, I was just going out there and having fun. Um, just shot it, and I mean, they all almost all of them went in, so it was all good. Number two, back here in the last row. Hey, Evan.
0: How how much do you work on the half court shots? Uh,
2: not not too much. <laughs> um, we work on it a little bit um, after practice and stuff sometimes um, when we knew we were in the skills challenge, but um, not not a lot. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I felt it when I when it came off. You could see me. Um, it, it looked good. So number two, right here in
0: the
2: middle, down back to the so, my question is for Darius. So, you didn't make any three-point shots. Did you guys, did you think that you still had a chance to win? Yeah, I got two of the best players in the league on my team. Uh, yeah, I had a confidence the whole way. Number three? Yeah, did I make a three? I guess uh, Davide from Italy here.
3: One and
2: three. Yeah. I made one. Oh, yeah, okay. Yes, hi. Davide from Italy here. How much do you think being from the same team and knowing each other as as has helped you win this competition. How do you prepare for a competition like this? Uh, I think just the camaraderie that we have uh, on and off the court helped us win. I mean, we had to go up against some brothers, so obviously they have a tighter bond than us. But I still give us credit for how we compete for each other.
3: For Darius and Jarrett, we've been—you've been talking about Evan all season, but. Does it ever go through your mind, like, what can't he do? You know, just, it's just like every night it's something else.
2: Yeah, we discuss this every day. <laughs> um, I mean, he's literally a unicorn. A seven-footer, 20 years old, that can do everything. So, I mean, I'm glad to play with him. I could have him on my team, you know, so I have to go against him. <laughs> I mean, yeah, DG said it the best. Like, we always say he's one of a kind. Defense offense and now half court. <laughs>
0: Number one. Uh, Gabriel Kramer, WCP on Jim Cleveland. I uh, my question's for Darius and Jarrett. Evan got a win last night, got a win today. Does it feel like this is kind of helping him get his name out there? Let him be known to the rest of the league.
2: I think the whole league knows Evan by now. If they ever drift into the paint. They definitely know him, so <laughs> the NBA should know him by now. He's our rookie of the year. I second that.
0: Second
3: row. too Um, Kelsaris, the athletic. You guys like being able to go out on the floor together, representing Cleveland. I guess. Um, what was it like when you guys had your names called, um, and you could hear the stands kind of,
2: you know, cheering for you guys? It was a lot of excitement. Uh, I mean, the crowd was going crazy. Uh, it felt like a home game, to be honest with you. So, uh, I mean, it was good just to have them. Just have our support, um, have our backs throughout the entire little skills challenge. So it was fun just hearing them just war when we come out. It was cool.
1: So the thoughts there from the Cleveland Cavs, Garland, Mobley, and Allen as they win the skills competition. Coming up next, Mitch and I will talk about LeBron James. He's staying in Los Angeles, right? Or is he going elsewhere? We'll talk about that and also hear from the Commissioner Adam Silver as you're listening to NBA Radio. Our post-game show continues after this right here on Sirius XM 86 at the SXM app. Welcome back to the Sirius XM NBA Radio post-game show. Along with Mitch Lawrence, Jonathan Hood with you here on NBA Radio, Series XM 86 and the SXM app as we talk about All-Star Saturday in Cleveland. i to remind you that each day in February, NBA Radio honors Black History Month by discussing iconic moments and people. To hear all of our segments and any that you might have missed, just download the sxm app and search nba black history month adam silver the commissioner of the nba spoke to the press earlier he gave his thoughts about an array of issues
3: here now is the commissioner adam silver greetings everyone i'm thrilled to see you all back here in person um, many of you were with us in chicago almost exactly two years ago which was the last big event that around the league and in many ways bookended or we hope it ends up bookending these two events sort of the beginning of what was the worst of the pandemic and hopefully this is the beginning or the middle of the end of the worst of the pandemic Um, you know so many of you have lived through this past two years with us, it's been a difficult time for so many but I'm frankly thrilled to be back here in person with so many people, it's I would say it's been a celebratory mood for people in the NBA family. Um, Many people haven't seen each other sort of in in large settings like this in almost two years. Um, So it's been somewhat of a family event, people getting a chance to um, really hug each other, be around people. People are feeling a bit at ease, you know, as the restrictions have come down. So, um... You know, that, that's already, I think that's a victory unto, unto itself that we're all back here together. But, of course, also, we're here to celebrate the 75th anniversary of the NBA, and um, I'm also really excited that so many of those great legends um, are able to be here with us in Cleveland. I think um, roughly 50 of, of the, I think approximately 60 of those living legends um, we anticipate um, we'll be in town tomorrow for the celebration. Um, and I'd say for me, I was here as part of the league um, for our 50th anniversary, and there's just this incredible symmetry of, of being back here in Cleveland again um, for this great event. I I can remember um, being here in Cleveland in 1997. Um, I was then part of NBA Entertainment. I was uh, remember being out on the court and watching... You know, along with many of you in this room um, those great legends lined up um, and um, the, with the special feeling in the air of just that collection of, of the greatest players and I anticipate it will feel the same way um, tomorrow um, it's, it's also a reminder for me that even at 75 years we're still somewhat of a young league I think of the fact that you know I, I always say our equivalent of Babe Ruth You know, as Bill Russell to me is someone that I can still speak to on the phone, you know, and and be around and is in position to pass down sort of NBA lore to many generations of players, but also as a reminder to me that there's so much ahead of us, and when I think about where this league now stands 75 years into its existence um, as we become more global, as we become more digital, it it only creates more opportunities for us to bring basketball um, literally to every spot on the planet. And we see continued growth in the sport. I think as every new platform comes along, and now as people are talking about Web3 or the metaverse, it's only that much more opportunity to connect and engage with people globally around the sport of basketball. Um, More immediately here in Cleveland, I want to thank um, Mayor Jackson, former Mayor Jackson, and now Mayor Bibb for their incredible hospitality, making this event happen here in Cleveland. Of course, um, Dan and Jennifer Gilbert, um, the principal owners of the team, Team President Len Komorosky for partnering with us on just an incredible event here and lastly just for to the people of cleveland northeast ohio i know like so many american cities you were hit particularly hard by this pandemic and so it's great to be here not only to celebrate with you but as i said at the top as a reopening of your city um, in addition to the thousands of people who've come to town to celebrate um, we're projecting um, that we'll have roughly a $100 million economic impact on the community around the All-Star festivities, so I think it's a needed boost to the local economy as well. So thank you all again for being here. Um, it's great to see many of you again in person. And with that, Tim, happy to answer any questions. As I said before, bring we'll bring a microphone. We're going to start with Jeff in the third row in the middle. Jeff Zilgit,
0: USA Today. Hey, Jeff. Hello, Adam. Um, As the league moves forward, what are you looking for? What do you want to see in a post-pandemic NBA world? And maybe more specific to your location in New York City, um, do you anticipate the vaccine ordinance as it relates to the two New York teams um, disappearing and that Kyrie Irving would
3: be eligible to play before the end of the season? In in terms of a a post-pandemic NBA what we're looking forward to is something that's much closer to the normal. We were familiar with And We're beginning to see that already, I think as most of you know, um, with the exception of a portion of the season in Toronto, um, we've seen full buildings, the regulations vary um, from city to city, state to state, but the, the teams have all managed to work through those issues And fans have been eager to come back. And I've done a fair amount of traveling over the course of this season. And as I said, I think people, combination of missing that in-person experience and also not being able to enjoy the company of others, I think that's always been part of an NBA arena experience, that ability to come together. So I think, as I've said before, we all have to learn to live with this virus based on what I've read and been told by um, our experts, it's not likely to go anywhere. Um, there will probably be other variants at some point, but we now have tools to deal with those. Obviously, vaccines, boosters, antivirals, etc., that didn't exist when the pandemic started. So I, I feel that as a country, as a world, we're much better equipped to deal with it now. In terms of New York City, I'm not sure exactly what will happen specifically there, but as I watch what's happening around the country many of these restrictions are being lifted and in places that had um, vaccine requirements in some cases mask, mask masking requirements those are also being lifted what I haven't talked directly to Mayor Adams about this but judging um, um, what based on uh, what other communities are doing my assumption is they will look at local rates of infection and testing. And as those continue to come down, if they continue to come down as they have, my sense will be certain restrictions that are in place will be lifted. But um, again, I, I leave that to New York City. Fourth row on the end, Mark. Mark
0: Stein from the Steinline a substack publication. Uh, <laughs> there's been a lot of noise over these last few weeks about teams being upset or would be upset if James Harden wound up with the Sixers. Obviously, he did even faster than than many people thought. What is the feedback you've received from teams in the wake of the trade? And what would have to happen in terms of a formal complaint from the Nets
3: or another team to actually lead the league to open an investigation of the Sixers? There is no ongoing investigation right now, and I think around the league. Um, this this so called notion of player empowerment is not a new issue. Um, as you know, Mark, from having covered the league for a long time. Um, and I've, as I've said before, um, we of course want players and teams to honor contracts. So I think in this case, you had two teams that ultimately, I think, seemed satisfied by the outcome of the trade and willingly entered into it. I, I don't think there'll be a time in the future, at least while I'm involved in the league, where society is going to change so much that players aren't going to express their views on where they want to play or don't want to play. But I think there's a, you know, a sense around the league that there are improvements we can make to our system. You know, It's something we're constantly looking at just to find that right balance of Players having a say where they play, but also ensuring that every team is in a position in this league to compete and that contracts are honored. And so-
1: uh, thoughts there from Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA, right here on NBA Radio. So, Mitch, some strong commentary there regarding uh, the vaccines and whether or not Kyrie will be available full time. Then, of course, the other piece uh, and that is whether uh, possible tampering as Harden goes to Philadelphia again. Two teams in less than
0: thirteen months. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, you figure there should be some teams that were upset, but we all thought—I mean, I, I did anyway—with Daryl Morey in charge in Philadelphia. That he would eventually wind up with James Harden. After all, he tried to trade for James Harden when James Harden originally went to the Nets, and you know he offered Ben Simmons as a piece, and that's what apparently uh, continued to infuriate Ben Simmons about being in Philadelphia. And in terms of the first thing you, you mentioned with the uh, Adam Silver and the and the vaccine mandate in New York, it is going to be fascinating. To see what happens and if Kyrie Irving goes from being a part-time player, and I think it's going to be impossible, Jonathan, for the Nets to win as long as he's a part-time player. I'm talking about winning it all. To, if it's lifted, him becoming a full-time player, and that would obviously give the Nets a better chance. Uh, going down the line of uh, getting to a finals and winning their first championship.
1: Along with Mitch Lawrence, Jonathan Hood with you on our NBA radio postgame show here on Series XM 86 and the SXM app as we review NBA All-Star Saturday. That's one event, but another thing I think that is overshadowing All-Star Saturday is the comments from LeBron James. Back in Cleveland, uh, this is where he started and you won a championship in Cleveland, but there was a quote from the athletic that we have to discuss, Mitch. So it, The quote is, the door is the Not closed on a return to Cleveland. Uh, James said on Saturday when asked about a potential return to Cleveland, Ohio, he says, I'm not saying I'm coming back and playing. I don't know. I don't know what my future holds. I don't even know when I'm free. Uh, some of that is disingenuous, but the point is is that LeBron and the big headline, Mitch, the door is not closed on a potential return to the Cleveland Cavaliers, um, and that is something big because LeBron is in L.A. now. Return
0: to Cleveland. It, the door is ajar. Yes, yes, and we all thought, a lot of us thought that, you know, and in Cleveland, an all-star weekend. LeBron James will become the top story and with the way the Cavs are playing and the type of team they have a young team that may need a player who has won titles before we all kind of suspected that LeBron would work his way back into the conversation in terms of Cleveland I'm sure the Lakers can't be very happy about this right I mean he's talking about already leaving and that the door is not closed on a move to Cleveland uh The Lakers have done everything LeBron has wanted. You know, Rich Paul and his Clutch Sports Agency and LeBron. You know, they've catered to all their requests in terms of the roster makeover that they've had that hasn't worked out. So it'd be interesting to get the, the genie bust reaction to this. But yeah, LeBron James is already floating it out there, and he does everything for a reason. He's very manipulative in that, and so I'm sure this has to be now. The biggest story in Cleveland that LeBron is plotting his move back to Cleveland. And by the way, when somebody pointed pointed out to him that the Cavs have two all-stars in Darius Garland and Jared Allen, LeBron said, actually, three with me. Oh, my God. That is a pretty... That's LeBron. I mean, that's LeBron putting himself out there because LeBron shows no loyalty to to these teams that he's currently playing for. He's looking for the best situation. And for him, he's probably thinking, you know what? I could do... Much more damage at this point in my career with this young, rising team in Cleveland than being stuck out here with Anthony Davis, who's always hurt, right? I heard they're going to change the name of the agency from Clutch to Crutch because Anthony Davis is always hurt, and Russell Westbrook, who's been a disaster out there. Mitch,
1: I, I, listen, I when... LeBron exercises free agency. I never have a problem with that. Like, I, Maybe I'm one of the few, maybe I'm in the minority, but when he made his decision to take his town to South Beach, I said, oh, that's free agency. He decides he wants to leave the Cavs. A lot of people were upset about the, the whole decision thing and everything else. For me, it's it's a guy's exercising his opportunity to go someplace else. And by the way, it was time. Sometimes a divorce is good. After spending the time with the Cavs, it was time for him to try to chase the championship he did with the Miami Heat, won two championships, went back to Cleveland, Won a championship, went to Los Angeles, won a championship. But, I mean, he's a great player, there's no doubt. Some will say the grace that we've ever seen. However, the mercenary in LeBron is so, it's so obvious to everyone. The idea, yes, he does come back to Cleveland, but the idea that he even hints that, oh yeah, I can see myself going back to Cleveland. Can I just tell you something? This is not like the one-day contract that an NFL oh. player would have. Oh, this no. is an opportunity for him to go back to Cleveland because he wants to write his own narrative. In the NBA, you can do that. Yeah, he wants put a bonus career playing in Cleveland his own town. I totally understand that. But I mean, right now he's with the Los Angeles Lakers, a team that he put together. Rob Pelinka is part of it but ultimately LeBron James is the one with the say in putting all those veterans and all those Hall of Famers together on a roster that just won't hunt The whole thing that the only only problem is with the Lakers is is that Anthony Davis is hurt again. The guy that's supposed to be the guy that's the catalyst for this team. LeBron's great, but LeBron depended on Anthony Davis to stay healthy. And once again, that's not the case. But just for LeBron on the record to say that. And then on top of that, you pointed this out to me earlier the the thought from LeBron regarding Sam Presti. Sam Presti, the general manager of the Oklahoma City Thunder, saying that, oh, Sam Presti, he's the MVP. Talking about how he was able to give Josh because he's great, and he doesn't understand how he's got this eye for talent because he drafted Durant and Westbrook and Green, Serge Ibaka and Reggie Jackson Giddy. And the list goes on and on. This guy is pretty damn good. Wait a minute. I mean, there's a GM that works with Los Angeles, isn't it? I mean, besides LeBron, there is I mean there is a guy there, but he's he's saying this about Presti. What yes. is he courting Presti too?
0: No, he's not Corey. What he's doing is taking a shot at Rob Pelinka because LeBron and his guys, Rich Paul, wanted wanted Rob Pelinka to make moves at the trade deadline, and they didn't do it. And so he's pointing out how Sam Presti makes all these great moves and all these great draft picks, as if LeBron cares about draft and development. What he's interested <laughs> right. in usually is trading off those first round picks so he can go get an Anthony Davis, or in the case in Cleveland, you know, trading. Uh, Andrew Wiggins, uh, the rights for him for a guy like Kevin Love. So it sounds like, to me, LeBron already has one foot out of the door out of Los Angeles because he knows a losing situation when he sees it. He probably, look, he may make the play in game this year again. He may, and but they'll get, even if they make the playoffs as an eighth seed, they're going to get swept out. And, uh, again, for LeBron, that would be two years in a row where he didn't get out of the first round, where it used to be a lot that LeBron would at least get out of the first round. He was 14-0 the first uh, first 14 trips to the playoffs in terms of getting out of the first round. So, yeah, taking shots at Rob Palenka, making you know, batting his eyes at Cleveland, great situation <laughs> in there, not closing the door. This has now become the spectacle that you expected with LeBron James going back to Cleveland because obviously he spent a lot of time there. It'd be fascinating to, if we, if we get some Cavalier players who were there in in, uh, Evan Mobley and and, uh, Darius Garland and Jared Allen to see a, what they think about that chance of, you know, LeBron leaving the door open, would they like him to, you know, come in and, and help them try to advance in the playoffs down the line? We're talking about a couple of years. And also obviously what the Cavaliers, Dan Gilbert thinks about this. This is now really an intriguing story. This is just amazing to me because it just shows you how fluid the league is. If you
1: feel like you want to be up and want to go someplace else, you can. And, again, this is the culture of the league. I'm, a, I'm here for it. I love the drama. I love the basketball, but I also love the drama as well because there's always headlines in the, in the league, so it's always fun. But, again, LeBron James is a pseudo-GM here, not Rob Palenka. It is LeBron James who wanted Westbrook, who wanted to have Dwight Howard, who wanted to have Carmelo Anthony and Rajon Rondo when he was there and some of these other other aging veterans, Carmelo Anthony, and some of these aging veterans, and now he looks through the not hole in the fence and says, "You know, it would be great to me to go back to Cleveland and play with some of these younger players." Like, wait, this is what you wanted, though. You, exactly. I mean, you, you I got a champion, you got yeah. a championship, and
0: now you're ready to go someplace else. I just, I am fascinated you know, by that, you know. And you, you like it. You talked about that the player empowerment, but I'm telling you what, there's a lot of fans, casual fans, maybe even hardcore NBA fans, who look at it and say, "You know what." This is not good for the league. You can't relate to this stuff. It's LeBron wielding too, way too much power. And by the way, he also came out, apparently, according to The Athletic. And also, I talked about my last year in the league, well, I'll be playing it with my son. So he's already trying to line up the chance to play with Bronny in a couple of years. And where's that going to be? I'm sure from LeBron's standpoint, it would be tremendous to have Bronny go back with him to Cleveland and play there. I am sure that LeBron will try to dictate terms and try to manipulate things so that he and Bronny can play together, not in a place like Sacramento, but in a place like Cleveland. But that's just, hey, this is par for the course when you're dealing with LeBron James. So uh, at Trust Arena
1: in Chicago, I called uh, Bronny James in Sierra Canyon. That team came to Chicago to take on an undefeated Chicagoland area suburban team. So I'm doing the game with David Kaplan. I'm doing the play-by-play, and I was able to see Bronny James for the first time. And I saw him on YouTube, a couple of clips here and there, but to see him live was interesting. So, Mitch, I saw a, a LeBron James, who was, I think, 6'3", legit. Mm. I know there's going to be room for a growth spurt at some point, but he's kind of like his dad in that he can score 40 but doesn't. He passes the basketball well. He's an athletic kid. Uh, I look forward to seeing him on the next level, but I just think that's interesting. Like, we're going to see Griffey Sr. and Griffey Jr. again, like we saw with the Seattle Mariners years year and years ago. I... I We'd love to see how LeBron's going to work this and how much he'll have in the tank in which he will stick around the league just so he can play with his right. son. Uh, is this, I don't know if his son's good enough to skip college and go right to the pros, but if that's what he wants to do, if LeBron wants him to do that, that definitely will happen.
0: Right. And you raise a good point about, you know, LeBron now at 37. What's he going to be like in a year or two in terms of can he continue to, you know, hold up or is he going to be plagued by, you know, the injuries that he's suffering now? But the, the whole thing to me is when LeBron starts talking about, you know, this door in Cleveland, it, it, that door is, it continues to be open or is it open mm-hmm. for him? Whatever the, he said, the door is not closed on that. I mean, th- that just sends to me the worst kind of message that you can send your current team and the players there. Because to me, it already shows that you have one foot out the door, you're looking for greener pastures, you're looking to get away from a losing situation, which, by the way, you basically had a huge hand in determining that situation in terms of the roster. And so it just makes it, uh, once again, I'm not surprised to see or hear any of this stuff going on in Cleveland. I figured this would be the perfect time for LeBron. You know, we were kind of joking before about... Boy, you know, the way Cleveland's playing this year, I'm sure LeBron would like to go back there. Turns out it's not a joke. Turns out when he's stuck in a losing situation and he wants to go to play somewhere and it happens to be Cleveland and maybe he can bring his son along, you know that that's what he's thinking now. His heart's probably not in it with L.A. I mean, it's just, wow. If I'm Gene Bus, I would not be happy, and I'd be talking to Rich Paul and LeBron about, hey, what's going on here? You have a commitment to us. We're paying you good money. We've got you for another, what, year or two. We don't want to hear you talking about, you know, how your door is not closed. You should be focused on getting us back to where we need to be man he is quite the businessman he's a basketball player but he's
1: quite the businessman i I just don't know how Bronny and lebron play on the same floor at the same time on the same team unless lebron's on a walker he's got so much mileage on that body does he have enough to even hang in there for Bronny to get into the league i don't know how that's gonna work it's amazing 855 nba jump 855 622 our phone number. The trauma is so thick in the NBA, and we're talking about it right here with Mitch Lawrence, Jonathan Hood with you as we review All-Star Weekend in Cleveland right here on NBA Radio. Looking back at unforgettable people and moments all month long, this is NBA Radio's Tribute to Black History Month. And glad you're with us here on NBA radio with Mitch Lawrence, John Hood with you. Indeed it is Black History Month and You think about HBCUs, historically black colleges and universities. Uh, In total, the nation's HBCUs generate fourteen point eight billion dollars in economic impact annually. That's equivalent to a ranking in the top two hundred on the Fortune five hundred list of America's largest corporations. These institutions generate one hundred thirty four thousand jobs for their local and regional economies. That's equivalent to the number of jobs provided by Oracle, one of the nation's largest just private employers. Well, LeBron James, who we just talked about moments ago, understands the importance of HBCUs. He talked about it earlier.
3: It's always been
0: important. Um, You know, just for me, just growing up in the inner city um, and then learning about it as the years uh, went on and on as I've been a professional, um, you know, seeing, um, you know, just the, the support or the lack thereof for a lot of HBCU schools. Um, you know, so it's always been important just one to, uh, you know, you know, get a, a hand on it, but do it right. I think timing is everything, you know, and, uh, you, you don't want to force a lot of things. You want to make sure it's organic. You want to make sure it's right. You want to make sure the timing is right. The platform is there so we can highlight it more than just, uh, you know, giving money. I think, uh, you know, giving the support and given the structure and given the, the resources, um, you know, it's just as valuable to as
3: the, as the money.
0: And HBCUs uh, were front
1: and center uh, for uh, the NBA in Cleveland, right? Howard with the
0: victory uh, yesterday, right? Yep, at the inaugural NBA HBCU Classic right there at the All-Star site. And you have to be thrilled for the the players for Howard and Morgan State because not only are they playing, and it was on TNT and the NBA channel, and and, uh, and it was also they got to meet – a lot of the stars who came out to see these guys. So those, those guys got the biggest thrill of the weekend by far. So that's really great for HBCUs. And uh, again, we know
1: that the NBA cares, and so many others do care about HBCUs as far as athletics and academics. So that was a great thrill, I'm sure, for those two teams to perform on that big stage. And so coming up later today, it is Team LeBron versus Team
0: uh, Durant. And who do you like? Oh, LeBron's in uh, Cleveland for Team LeBron. I got to say Team LeBron and I look at they got, to me, a little bit more firepower than Team Durant. Of course, Team Durant won't have Kevin Durant, right? So that's a problem right off the bat. (laughs) But LeBron's got Steph Curry and Giannis and DeMar DeRozan and Luka Doncic and Nikola Jokic. I got to think LeBron James is winning on basically his home floor. Okay, so how about
1: how many, you? How, well, I'm, I'm leaning Team LeBron because it's in Cleveland, yes. Uh, but I will ask you, so how many of those players will uh, Team LeBron talk to to try to bring him
0: over to Cleveland? What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? It's usually a, a weekend where you have a, a lot of fraternizing, as we'll call it. Yes. So I wouldn't be surprised. But Monty Williams will be coaching Team LeBron. You got Eric Spolster of the Miami Heat coaching team. Team Durant, and Team Durant, hey, they're no slouches. You're going to have Devin Booker, Joel Embiid, Chris Middleton, John Morant. Their problem is they're not going to have Draymond Green. They're not going to have Kevin Durant. And who knows how much Zach Levine's going to play, just like who knows how much Chris Paul's going to play with his thumb injury for um, Team LeBron. He's making noises. He might have to miss a little time here when the second half or the post All-Star break uh, resumes on Thursday. So we'll see about who actually plays and who plays big minutes and who doesn't. But I'm, I'm thinking LeBron James back in Cleveland. I can't see him coming out on the losing end here. No, I don't either. So
1: I think it's going to be fascinating once again to be able to see what happens in the second half of the season. Mitch and I will be with you tomorrow after the All-Star game. So after Team Durant and Team LeBron is done, we'll be on and talk about it. Mitch, is always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. Talk to you tomorrow night. All right. We thank you for listening and being part of the program right here on the NBA Radio. Thanks to... Robbie Randazzo on the other side of the glass, and thank you for listening. For Mitch Lawrence, it's Jonathan Hood. It is Pat O'Keefe as well as Reggie Theus right around the corner. You're listening to our NBA Radio
0: postgame show right here on Series 6M86 NBA Radio.